0: Yes. Where's Terry? (laughs) There's Terry. Good morning. Welcome everyone to First Baptist Church. We are so glad you're here today. Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there, grandfathers. So, we are excited to celebrate and to worship the Lord together. But before we start, how many kids we got here? All of the kids can go to their classes early today. So, if you are headed to the children's service, you can go ahead and go to your classrooms. Doing a special little thing today. So, make your way over to the classrooms. And we are so excited to praise the Lord today. Amen? Amen. It is a great day to praise the Lord. Everybody stand up and let's sing together.
1: If ever a song needs to be sung about healing our streets and land and setting the churches on fire, uh, it, it is that song you sang to begin with, and then the way we do that is staying on Christ, the solid rock. He is the only sure and steadfast foundation there is to build your life upon. I want to remind everyone, if you have children here, instead of having the children's story a little bit later, if you would go ahead and dismiss them to class, they have two projects they're going to work on. One of them is uh, some welcome cards and cards of thanksgiving and appreciation for an honor flight that's going to be coming back pretty soon. I think you're familiar with the honor flights. People who uh, served in Vietnam go back and check things out or in World War II and go back and check things out. <clears throat> and then they come back and they're greeted at the airport as heroes uh, with a hero's welcome. And so our children are helping out with some of the cards for that event. And then the other one's a surprise, dads. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what that is, but let's invite our Heavenly Father on this Father's Day to be the guest of honor at this service. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our Father, I'm sure there are some people who, when they hear the word Father, they don't have the same warm, fuzzy feelings that many of us have because maybe the dad wasn't in the home, or maybe he was an abusive dad, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't have the opportunity to get to know their dad really well. But, Father, I pray that when they know you and when they get to know you, that then they would have a very warm, fuzzy feeling, knowing that the God who created them and breathed in them the breath of life, the God who framed them and formed them and knit them together in their mother's womb, is the same God who loves them and wants them to live with him forever in heaven. Father, be in this service as we honor our dads here, we're so grateful for them, but also we honor you, and, and you are the heavenly Father. We thank you for that, that moniker, that name, that relationship that's implied with the name Father. And Lord, we pray that we would glorify you today, most of all, and all of God's people said... Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to make a couple of announcements. If you're watching by way of Facebook or YouTube, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, all of our messages are archived. If you get a chance to go back and check those out, uh, we invite you to do so. And all of you who are here this morning, thank you for being in God's house today. We're so glad to have you here. So we've got some visitors, and we've got people who've been here for a long time. We've got some people who haven't been here in a long time, but they're back today. So thank you so much for being here. We're going to be preaching on being men of courage Ladies, sorry about that, Uh, but uh, you'll be glad, I think, with what we're going to preach. Military, active military luncheon right after the service is on the patio. It's already set up, looking good out there. Uh, Sunday, next Sunday, the first Galilean tour, and we have another baptism. So we're glad for that. Joey Hurst was baptized last week. Joey, would you come up here? And uh, Joey, I got to tell you, uh, one of the most amazing testimonies uh, that I've ever heard given, and I, my honor and privilege to be able to baptize you. Love you, man. Thank you. God bless you. <laughs> what mention to tomorrow is a maybe not as well-known holiday for many, uh, Juneteenth. Juneteenth, the first time I heard it, I was traveling through, uh, I think in, I was in Kentucky, and I was traveling to, and I went to a park, and there were a lot of people having a picnic. This has been years ago, and... Uh, I asked them what was going on, and they told me it was Juneteenth and invited me to have a meal with them. And Juneteenth commemorates the date some two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation was issued by Abraham Lincoln in 1863, when slaves in Galveston, Texas, first heard of their freedom. Two and a half years after they were granted freedom, they heard about it then. It became a federal holiday in the United States in 2021. Deriving its name from combining June and 19th, it is celebrated on the anniversary of the order issued by Major General Gordon Granger on June 19th, 1865, proclaiming freedom for slaves in Texas. Finally, the national sin of slavery was over, and we thank God for that. So that's what Juneteenth is all about. Next Sunday, uh, not only do we have the first Galilean tour as we're going through the life of Christ as our message but, and, and a baptism, so if you're interested in being baptized, you've received Christ as your personal Savior, but never have followed him in believer's baptism. You say, well, I got baptized when I was a baby. Uh-uh. You You got wet that's it you didn't get baptized Baptizes is for christians okay my mom used to when she had iron she had a sprinkling bottle you know and you got sprinkled uh, sorry we got to hold you under for just a little while in most cases just a little while joey i let you off easy i want you to know that <clears throat> but if you're interested in being, following the Lord and believers' baptism, see me. You'll need a complete change of clothes, which I failed to tell uh, the lady that was baptized last week. But you know what? The family of God came together and brought all kinds of clothing <laughs> necessary for the transaction. So we're, we're glad for that. Next Sunday, also afterwards, we have a barbecue for uh, church barbecue. So we're going to pass these around. If you could bring a side and or a dessert Uh, Put your name on that. Indicate that. Everyone will be welcome, whether you bring something or not. We just look forward to having a good time of fellowship. I have um, something we need to vote on. So uh, for just a moment, we're going to be in a business meeting. And um, Julie, are you here? Can you take notes for this? Uh, Here is a letter I got from a pastor friend of mine. Uh, Several years, we went to Cambodia several years ago. And it was one of the most amazing trips. We uh, did some work in the city there and did some preaching and so on. But we went to this village maybe an hour, hour and a half away uh, that had no medical clinic, had no... Uh, just not, it, was, it was just a congregation of people uh, in some kind of huts that they lived in uh, out in the, the countryside in Cambodia. When we got within maybe uh, a mile or so... People were lining the street, um, the, the road on both sides, and greeting us and waving and smiling, and uh, and it was the most amazing welcome. We got into the to the city, our little town village, and they had everything set up. They did. Uh, they had the children doing uh, ritual dancing type stuff that this they do in Cambodia. And honored us as guests. And we had a medical clinic. We had several medical students and doctors uh, doing certain blood pressure tests and uh, giving out aspirin. I mean, they didn't even have aspirin, things like that. Uh, a dentist or two we had with us. And then we gave them uh, bags of rice. We gave them uh, school clothing. We gave them school supplies, otherwise. And it was just a phenomenal thing. Well, one of the guys there that was interpreting while we were preaching, and he was winning souls to the Lord. It's a guy, his name, and I, I pronounce it the best I can, Seacook. Seacook. And and so he said, I want to send you a recent email from Seacook. I got I get these kind of reports once or twice a month. He's a very dedicated pastor and loves medical missions and uses them for evangelism. Been with him on several occasions, and I know it's very consistent with the outreaches, and that's one of them that I went on. And so he talks about, without reading the whole thing, needing a vehicle. He's got uh, an unbelievable number of miles on a vehicle. He's looking for a used one, and so they're trying to raise money. Uh, and my friend here said he's raised 7000 so far. Another pastor sent 5000 We voted as a board to send $2,000 to this medical missionary who preaches the gospel in a very poor country of Cambodia uh, at our last trustee meeting, but I want to bring it before the church. And if you would like to have a part in a guy who's winning his fellow Cambodians to the Lord, maybe somebody would, as a church member, would like to make the motion. So move, so move Chuck. And do we have a second to that? Who who seconded, Bo? So we have Chuck and Bo. All right. Any questions about it? I can. I, I'll leave these. Um, I'll leave these up here. You can. There's some pictures of. of uh, dozens and dozens of kids in one of the meetings he was at. You can check those out. So we have motion and second. Any questions? All those in favor say amen. amen. Any opposed? And it's unanimous, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, one more opportunity. Now we're down to three students from the Basque country that need a home to stay in at the end of this month until the end of July. So if you're interested in that and can uh, provide a place for them, then let me know, let Julie know today and we'll contact um, our uh, Chris Robisco who, who takes care of that. Uh, also, I forgot to mention, boy, it's amazing how many first-time visitor cards I'm getting in now uh, because I started, started this new thing where we're given <coughs> Starbucks gift cards if you fill this out. <coughs> Bobby, I recognize your handwriting, so don't be pulling that again. So if you, if you would please do us a favor. If you're a visitor, first time or first time in a long time, fill this out. Give us your contact information. We will promise to send you a Starbucks gift card. And uh, thank you so much for being here. Hope you'll come back and be with us again. We have a special guest with us who's going to share a testimony about a ministry that God has, is using him in. And I'm going to ask Jeff Royer with humanspiritproject.org. This is Mike Kenny's friend. Uh, and it's, he talks about, come on up, buddy. Uh, he talks about uh, Jerry Coffey, who was a POW, is that correct? In Vietnam? Yes. Yes, all right. Would you welcome Jeff?
2: <laughs> Done speed dating, now I gotta do speed talking. Jim said I only had a couple minutes. <laughs> um, good morning to everyone, and I appreciate the opportunity to be here to introduce the project to you. I'm here with Mike and Susie. Keeney, Mike's one of our board members, uh, <clears throat> basically it's, it's uh, the Human Spirit Project is based on a story of Jerry Coffey, who's a Navy pilot shot down in, in Vietnam, spent seven years as a POW. So my story connected with his back in uh, after 9-11 as a former Marine, a former FBI agent turned former inmate when things went south when I found some information on 9-11 that the government didn't want me talking about and they chose to throw me in prison for a few years. So I spent four years in house arrest and then six years in a federal prison. Um, My informant and I, the one, actually he was here in San Diego when he got the information on some accounts that showed where some of the funding from the terrorism came from and and uh, that wasn't meant to be, I guess, public information. So when I was in solitary confinement in New York, uh, a book was slipped under my door one night. When I was laying on my slab and unprovoked, a book slid under my door, and it was this book, uh, Beyond Survival, from, from Captain Coffee. And in it was his detailed story of his seven years and the ordeal that he went through and how he got through it. it As an inspirational his faith, his connection with God, his, his, the hope that, that if he could do something like this and how he did it, then he spent the next 35 years of his life on a speaking tour, figuring out um, different places and different and areas where he could help other people because his the point in his message was nobody has to be a prisoner of war because most of us are at one point in time a prisoner of woe. And it doesn't matter what you go through in life, it matters how you, you cope with it. So. Unfortunately, I, I, I got to call him before he passed. He, he passed away in, in uh, late December uh, of, of uh, 2021. I spent the next little while with his wife and family. Um, it's, it's Mike's uncle. Jerry is, is Mike's uncle. Mike's one of our board members, and, and family other family members on our board have helped to put this together, and we just thought um, his wife came to me. We went out to his funeral uh, for full honor ceremony at Arlington, and she said, Jerry always had a dream of getting his book into the prison systems here. Maybe that have some, I said, well, how how funny is that? Because this book, I don't say it saved my life, but it came close to it in some of the times that it was the darkest, Jerry's message. And if he could do it for seven years as a POW, surely we could do it um, in times of our trouble. And that's kind of forms the basis because Jerry's whole message was he believed in the invincibility of the human spirit. And that's where we get the name the the human spirit project so i'm out here from colorado i get to go in for the first time it's funny being a convicted felon they won't let me back in prisons to talk to convicted felons which is interesting but the the military runs is a little different so on tuesday i get to go in and, and speak to the inmates at the miramar brig and hopefully that'll open some doors to some other other military opportunities and maybe some other states that aren't so so tight with it and definitely Federal system doesn't want me back in on the good side. So, um, having said all that, I am going around promoting the project. Places like the churches, places in the breaks, and like all nonprofits, we we obviously. Uh, um, look for money, we look for donations, and it's simply a matter of getting the book into prisons. We don't have a big operating budget, we don't take salaries, 100% goes back into the nonprofit just to get the the books out there. So for the next couple of years we're gonna spend, there's 4,500 different facilities at the state, local and federal level and the military, and 600,000 convicted felons come out of prisons each year. You have a choice when you're in there. You either come out bitter or you come out better. And my informant that I went in with killed himself, I come out, have a beautiful wife, four children, and my life went this way, his life went that way, and there's a reason for that. And if it's the hope and the faith of Jesus Christ, if it's the power that we, we know we possess, then let's get that message back to them where they make that choice inside and then come back to productive members of society, a, a better person. That book did it for me, um, reconnected my faith in Christ, and, and it's been a powerful message in my life ever since. So... I'm going to have some books out here if you're interested, and I uh, just, uh, just brought a handful, and we're just going to you know, sell them co- at cost or whatever, just to, if you were interested in Jerry's story. But I, got, I do have some flyers that I would like to, to give you if you want some of them out. As you walk out, it uh, details our website. We have a good website and um, some things on there for donation. My sales pitch is, and it's funny that we're handing out Starbucks cards, because my sales pitch is uh, drop the Starbucks. <laughs> I, would, I would rather have um, a thousand people donate $10 a month than have one person donate $10,000 simply because that's a thousand people who can spread the message and spread the word. And <laughs> so we, that, that's literally what we started out with, hey, put everybody on auto-donate auto of $10 a month because it's not too much. And I said, well, what, what do you get for that? Well, find one of your vices, and most of it's Starbucks, so. <laughs> Enjoy your other 29 days, and just give me, give me one of yours. Uh, anyway, I appreciate the time and uh, the opportunity, and like I said, if you want some more information, I'll be out on th- the table outside afterwards. So, All
1: right, thank, thank you, Jill. Thank you so much. <laughs> appreciate it. So we're going to start giving away Chick-fil-A gift cards. For- <laughs> I suddenly fell under conviction, and uh, actually, there are two ways you can help. Uh, One of them is go by and don't just give them what it costs for the book. Give them more than that. That's one way, and you get a book and and have a good read. Secondly, if you just want to hand them cash uh, or a check, uh, humanspiritproject.org, correct? And um, you know what? I, I don't know if... Did you get the contacts I gave you from the... Kairos ministry here locally? Okay. All right. Good deal. So be praying that he gets in, gets the message in to people who really, really need it at a very difficult time in their lives. So thank you, Jeff, for being here and God bless you. Thank you for your testimony. Let's stand together as we continue to worship the Lord in song.
0: we have a special song for you this morning.
3: The streets of gold Beside the crystal sea We heard the angels singing And someone called your name I turned and saw this young man And he was smiling as he came And he said, friend You may not know me now And then he said, but wait school when I was only eight, and every week you would say a prayer before the class would start, and one day when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart. Remember the time A missionary came to your church His pictures made you cry You didn't have much money But you gave it anyway Jesus took that gift you gave That's why I'm here today to the Lord. Each life somehow touched by your generosity The little things that you had done The sacrifices made All unnoticed on the earth In heaven now proclaimed Now I know up in heaven We're not supposed to cry, but I'm almost sure there were tears in your eyes. As Jesus took your hand and we stood before our Lord, he said, my child, look around you for grace. To.
1: Thank you. It's amazing. Thank you so much for that. And Lehman, where are you, buddy? Right back. Oh, Phil. Yeah, Phil. Lehman. Yeah, right back there. Good to have you back. Had a great cruise, all expenses paid, United States government. Uh, so <clears throat> good to have you back. Thank you for being up here and joining in with the praise team. Fathers, being men of courage. A few years ago, a movie came out. The name of it was Courageous. And the subtitle was Honor Begins at Home. My wife has a thing that she gave out for many, many years in ladies' Bible studies, what you are at home is what you really are. And I I love that. And she told her ladies to put that in places of prominence, what you are at home is what you really are. And so honor does begin at home. I've seen the film a few times. Donna, you got me all, my sinuses worked up here. I've seen the film a few times in its entirety, and certain clips I've seen uh, many, many times. I can't watch certain parts of it without being emotional because it has to do, first of all, with family, and that's, uh, to me, uh, close to my heart, very, very close to my heart, my my wife, my kids, my parents, my brother, my sister. Uh, It has to do with uh, the loss of a family, and that's always sad. Uh, Losing loved ones is, even if they're in heaven, it's a sad thing for us who are left behind. It has to do with failure. Uh, And that's painful. Great testimony. Uh, Jeff, thank you for that. Uh, But thankfully, it has to do with recovering from failure as well, and that's very encouraging. God has plans for us. They're not plans for evil. They're plans for good, right? And he wants to give us a future and a hope. So it's become the basis for our more discipleship class on Wednesday evenings. Uh, So this is Father's Day, so it's only right to recognize dads. So I want all of our dads to stand up. Would you do that right now? All of the dads First Baptist Church, stand up. If you're at home watching, stand up. Stay up for just a minute. God bless you all. All right. Stay standing. Don't sit down yet. Dr. Trotter, you can sit down if you want to. I saw on the, on the Facebook today where, where dads attend church, something like 90% of the families will follow and will come be with them. When dad just says, go to church and doesn't go, that affects uh, our kids and, and our wives in a whole different way. So guys, you're standing. Um, they say that marriage is a contract. I'm, I'm going to quote from somebody here. They say marriage is a contract, but it's not. Contracts come with strings attached. When something goes wrong, you can take it back to the manufacturer. <laughs> If your husband starts acting up, you can't take him back to his mama's house. <clears throat> and you can't say, I don't know, he just started, stopped working. He just lays around making funny noises. You can't, there's no excuse. But you know what? I thank God for the dads at First Baptist Church. You, I, I'm looking around here, and every single one of you that I know uh, have a story for God, and, and I appreciate you, and, and I thank you for being men of courage and men of God. You may be seated. Thank you so much. God bless you. <clears throat> so, so, first of all, just something I, I, I like funny things. and So, here's 10 things you'll never hear dad say, okay? 10 things you'll never hear dad say. To his wife, well, how about that? I'm lost. Looks like we'll have to stop and ask for directions. <clears throat> never hear that. To his daughter, you know, honey, now that you're 13, you're ready for unchaperoned car dates. Won't that be fun? Oh. Nope. To his children, I noticed that your friends all have a certain hostile attitude and look. I kind of like that. Nope. To his children, here's a credit card and keys to my new car. Have fun. Nope. To his son, what do you mean you want to play football? Isn't ballet good enough for you? (laughs) To his children, if you're in ballet, my apologies, guys. To his children, your mother and I are going away for the weekend. You might want to consider throwing a party. No. No. To his wife, well, I don't know what's wrong with your car. Probably one of those doohickey thingies, you know, that makes it run or something. Just have it towed to a mechanic and pay him whatever he asks. No, no guy says that. To his son, no siree, no son of mine is going to live under this roof without an earring. Now quit your belly aching and go to the mall. (laughs) To his children, what do you want to go and get a job for? I make plenty of money for you to spend. And to his family, Father's Day, ah, don't worry about that. It's no big deal. Okay, you might hear him say that. But it is a big deal to them. I'm a father. I'm a little ticked. I'm a little aggravated. I'll tell you why. When I was growing up, when my kids were growing up, I was growing up too. When we were growing up together, they didn't have all these videos and and books on how to raise perfect kids and how to be a perfect dad and uh, focus on the family. wasn't even focusing anything at all at that point in time. We didn't have that. So we had to learn by experience, or better yet, we had to learn by what the Word of God had to say about how to raise children. So, being first of all, being responsible to your family. You want to be a man of courage. When does one become a man in our culture? Different cultures have different uh, milestones. And In some cultures, the young man goes on a vision quest. Maybe that involves fasting for several days. Maybe it involves uh, going out and sitting on a cliff somewhere and contemplating the universe. I don't know. In some cultures, it's when he kills his first lion. I'm glad that's not our culture for a whole lot of reasons. Uh, In our still living with mom and dad gender confused society, the difference between boy and a man remains uncertain. I saw a few years ago on Facebook, boys play house, men build homes. Boys shack up, men get married. Boys make babies and won't raise their own children. Men raise children even if they're someone else's. Boys invent excuses for failure. Men produce strategies for success. Boys look for someone to take care of them. Men look for someone to take care of. Boys seek popularity. Men seek respect and command respect. Now, so maybe it's when we get our driver's license, but I don't think so. I, I look at 16-year-olds. Heck, I look at 21-year-olds now, and I said, you look like an embryo to me. You know? <laughs> you know, doctor, you know, a doctor comes in, You know, and it's like, you know, are you in the fifth grade? What in the world is going on with this? Is, are we men when we can vote? Um, are we men when we leave home? It is a rite of passage, guys, that we, we should make and we should navigate. And Paul gave us a little direction. He said in First Corinthians thirteen, eleven: when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, there was a point in his life when he became a man. He says, I put away childish things. It begins maybe with puberty at 12 or 13 years of age. Jesus was found in the temple reasoning with the scribes and the Pharisees when he was 12 years of age. He grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. The Jews and Israelites still have a bar mitzvah, which means literally son of the law, at age 13. And the youth is allowed to read the law and is embraced as a man by other men and becomes accountable for his own sins. He can own property at that point and prepare for future marriage. In the Jewish culture, not only is the bar mitzvah a, a, a special event, but then at age 20, it's it's even more special. In Exodus 30, 14, everyone that passes among them that are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. There's a, a census required, and, and that 20-year-old was considered an adult, was considered a man. Numbers 1 3, from 20 years old and upward, all were able to go forth in war in Israel. So by 20, you have a standard to live by, a worldview, or you should have. The truth is, a lot of, a lot of people don't. Or if they have a worldview, It's twisted. And warped by the society of today, you're responsible for your own actions and thoughts. Are supposed to be. We, uh, what happened last Sunday morning? We came through the toll booths, and there there was a car crashed on the toll booths, going the wrong way, and and two teenagers. I think I have this right. Two teenagers took the life of a sailor who's got four children because they car, carjacked his car and he grabbed onto the hood and hung on for a, a, a period of time and called the police when it was too late and his injuries, he succumbed to his injuries. And, and, and these teenagers have ruined this family's life and ruined their own lives. You have to take responsibility. You're responsible. Men, if you are a man and if you are a husband and if you are a dad, you're responsible for your wife. You're responsible for your children in so many ways. There are seven attributes of man, and time has completely gone away from us. So I'm not, this will be some homework. I give you the references in your notes. Uh, Seven attributes, masculinity, God help us. What has gone wrong? What in the world is the matter with people today? Maturity responsibility, independence, leading, accountability, image bearer of God. There's a sermon in every, maybe several sermons in every one of those points. You've got the verses, read those when you go, but being responsible is the first thing. Second point is providing for your family. And again, welcome to a brave new world. We've become a generation of husbands and dads who have, in large part, abandoned their families. Some have physically abandoned their families. Others, maybe we haven't left physically, but we've emotionally, mentally, spiritually checked out. Partially we can thank today's culture. The, tame, the title father in part means source. Our heavenly father is the source of all. He created everything in the heavens and the earth. Everything is his. Matthew 7:11. so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly father give good gifts to those that ask him? Psalm 23 is an amazing psalm in six verses. Every single thing, guys and ladies, that we need in this life is promised to be provided for us and everything in the life to come. In those six short verses, check it out. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I won't lack for anything that I need. There's a place for Proverbs 31, woman, but the man is still responsible to God to provide what his family means. This whole argument about complementarianism and egalitarianism, and and I'm sorry, you're gonna get some of you may get mad at me. Women preachers, look, I know some of you women can preach better than most preachers I've I've heard. I know that, but God in His in His word, for whatever reason, says that the men are to be the preachers of the word of God. You can be a teacher. You can be an influencer. You can be a missionary. You can be a pastor's wife. You can. And by the way, she gets some preaching. I get some preaching at home, so it's okay. That's okay. We work, God blesses. There, there may be reversals in our lives. There may be economic slowdowns and layoffs. The, uh, the economy can suffer like it did during COVID, but that ought to be temporary. Even if we have to take a menial job, we ought to provide. We ought to get out there and get a job. We ought to get out there and, and, and earn a living and do something to take care of the needs that we have and our families have. Laziness is an excuse of, is the enemy of provision, rather. And theft and gambling are illicit ways of trying to provide. Hard work is always honored by God. Hard work. David said, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Luke 11:3 3 says, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus warned us, take no thought for this life, what you will eat or what you'll drink, not yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not your life more than meat and the body, more than raiment. Then he talks about the birds of the air. They don't sow. They, they don't go out and harvest. They don't put storage. They don't store the, the, the grain in the, in the elevators uh, or in the barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. You know how the heavenly Father does that? Partially through me. I, bag these, I buy these big bags of seed down in San Isidro. It's like 20 bucks a bag, and, and I, I go out there every morning, and, and they're, they're lined up on the fence. I got two hummingbird feeders. It's all I can do to keep nectar in both of them. So I, I've got certain birds that they like to eat off the ground, so I throw some seed on the patio and then put the other in, in, in a seed thing for the birds with proper manners and, and so on. You know, God takes care of the birds of the air. God takes care of the sparrows. Sparrows were considered pretty much worthless birds. God takes care of them. If God takes care of them, he's going to take care of his own children. That's what fathers do. That's what fathers do. But there's another danger in this idea of providing for our family, and that's working too hard and too much of the time. Your, your, Your family needs money, and they need housing, and they need food. They need clothing, but they also need you, dads, they also need you. For some, greed takes over, and maybe what we need to learn is contentment, right? And whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content, uh, making what is necessary, but not necessarily everything that we could possibly want. In 1 Timothy 6, 8, having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Your family needs you there. Physically, your family needs you there. Spiritually, your family needs you there. Emotionally, your family needs you there in every way possible. You want a project? Might be a little eye-opening. Later on today, ask your wife, ask your children if you're doing a good job providing what they need. Hopefully, the answer will be pleasing. But if it's not, don't lash out. But determined to do better. We're to be responsible. If we're men of courage, we're to be providers. If we're men of courage and we're to be faithful if we're men of courage. Years ago, I can't remember how many years ago because, shoot, I can't remember what I did yesterday, but uh, many years ago, I read the book Finishing Strong by Steve Ferrar. Anybody know that book, Finishing Strong by Steve Ferrar. One of you? Yeah. It's a great book. Um, I recommend it. He evaluates in that book his goals and dreams for ministry. And I'm going to tell you something. It implanted in me, uh, and, and my Bible college training days was the idea of building a big church. That was something that, God, that, that got put in my heart. I don't know if God did it or, or, or the, the people who came through or the professors or whatever. That was my goal. My desire was to build a big church. And, and God let us build a pretty good-sized church over uh, on the other side of the bridge here. And for 41 years, God gave us a great ministry there. But you know what? When I read this book, I said, okay, my goals are changing. I'll tell you what they are in just a minute. But in addition to this, every man wants to achieve something, right? Guys, we want our lives to count for something. So there's another book, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, And he says, every man has an adventure to live, a beauty to win, and a battle to fight. I love that. And I think that's true. Two so you guys... You go through heck week down here in order to live your dream. You know, you've got your goal. You've got your, your desire to, to achieve, to make a difference, to do something that's memorable, something that's, that, that is of significance. And every one of us have an adventure to live. And I love living this adventure that God's allowed me to live. We've got a beauty to win. I won mine. Stay away. <laughs> I will fight dirty <laughs> if I have to fight at all. An adventure to live, a beauty to win, and a battle to fight. And we do. We battle the devil, don't we? We battle the world, the flesh, and the devil all the time. We battle culture now. Scriptures. I, 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 I love that. the underlying desire to accomplish, to win, to be remembered should be a desire that we have. But there's one supreme to all of those, and that is a desire to be faithful. Faithful. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Paul said, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So after, oh my goodness, 50 years now of watching famous and infamous crash and burn, my overarching ministry goals are quite simple. And that's to finish however many days I have, however long I have faithful to God First and foremost, faithful to this woman right here in the front row. Never, ever want to let her down. Never want to shame her. Never want to cause her to feel anything but totally loved and totally me being faithful to her. Faithful to my children. Faithful to my, God, to, to my grandchildren so that they don't have a, a dad or a granddad who said one thing and did another thing. and Faithful to you, my church. I don't want you to have to have that sad horror story that some people have of having had a preacher who ran off with somebody, a piano player, the church secretary, or the... I ran off with her. So she was my secretary for a long time, so that was okay. It's the only secretary I've ever had. That I let sit on my lap right there. Or you have a preacher who who... Took the money and went to Las Vegas. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. I'm going to build the missions fund. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. That's why I don't I, I don't. even know where the checks are. I, I guess we use checks. I don't even know where they are. I don't know the safe combination or key or if it has a key or combination. I don't know which. I, I don't, I'm not on the banking. I can't write checks. Don't want to write checks. I just want to spend them. I don't write them. I want to be faithful to God, to my wife, to my children, grandchildren, to this church, to you, the members of this church. Too many people start out well and end up badly. Saul. Other people start out badly and end up pretty good. But my favorite thing of all is to start out well and finish well. That's what I want to do. I want to finish faithful. Number four, resolving to leave a legacy. There's there's such a thing as having a resolution, a commitment, a goal, and the reality of actually fulfilling that resolution or that goal, right? For example, and I want you to be honest, you are in God's house. Do not lie. How many of you in December sometime said, I'm going to plan on losing some weight next year? Let me see how many of you. Let me see. Bunch of liars in here. Come on, where's the rest of you? Holy cow, how many of you actually did it okay, all right, yeah, up and down, up and down <laughs> I understand that I understand that okay so so what would happen if every one of you and All of us in this congregation and the ones watching by way of YouTube or Facebook, what would happen if we lived 100% of the time according to the word of God and doing the things that God tells us that we ought to do until the very end of our lives? We'd see healing in the streets and in our land. We'd see churches on fire. That's what we'd see. Our desire, my desire is to see the hearts of the fathers turn toward their children and of the children to the fathers. All of us ought to adopt Joshua's motto as for me and my house, what? We will serve the Lord. And then there's some more homework here. Seven reasons we ought to surrender with abandon because he already owns us. He redeemed us. He already owns us. We owe him a debt of love. We can't handle life on our own. Guys, I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how um, much of a a stud you are. I, I don't care how how much money you have, how handsome you are, you cannot live life on your own. And number four, he can make us happier, really joyful, more joyful, which joy is much better than happiness. Another sermon for another time. And Number five, he has an entire life planned out. He has a plan for you. And number six, we will be judged by him one day. And number seven, he deserves our all. In doing so, if we do those things and do them faithfully, we will leave a legacy for our family and a legacy for other people. And Donna, that song was powerful. Thank you, Lord. How many people do you owe for the fact that you're sitting in God's house today? A preacher 30 years ago, 40 years ago, five years ago, who preached the gospel and you got saved. A mom and dad who prayed for you. Maybe a grandma, a granddad, maybe an aunt or uncle, maybe a neighbor who took you to church and you became a Christian. Sunday school teachers who poured into you when you were a kid. A legacy. A legacy is better than an inheritance. And that legacy should be in remembrance of him, not us. A lot of famous people don't leave a very good legacy. Here's a good epitaph. Here lies someone who lived for God and pointed everyone he knew to him. So, men, be of courage. Be of good courage. Be men of courage. Be responsible in the home to your family. Provide for them. Be faithful to the very last breath you take and leave a godly legacy. Doing that, you will be men of courage. Our Father in heaven, you know my heart. You know our hearts, Lord, and I pray all of our hearts are to be better men, better husbands, better dads, better granddads, better uncles, better men, maybe don't have wife and children, but just be a better man in this society that we live in. It's so easy in a dark society for our light to shine if we just let it. So, God, may we not hide it under a bushel, but may we let the light out so that all can see who we are and why we are and help us to be the people you want us to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand, please? And as the instruments play, I would ask you if God's moving in your heart to come and to make some kind of a, maybe to receive Christ as your Savior, maybe to rededicate your life, maybe to be baptized. Next week we could do that. Maybe to join the church, maybe just to come for prayer. I had prayer with Monica, I'd be having surgery, so I had prayer for her. Jack had prayer for me as he came into the building. I love that. I love that. Pray for the preacher better, man. we got targets on our backs. Whatever it is God wants you to do, come on up here. Share it with me. Ladies, my wife's right here. Rachel's right back there. I'm here. And Ryan is here over on this side, guys. So just find someone. Talk with them. Maybe a buddy that you've got. Maybe two of you come together and pray together as we sing. Come on right now.
0: Just
1: this service, we'll be around here for a little while, so come seek us out, we'll be glad to pray with you then, or whatever way we can help you. If you did pray and ask Christ to be your personal Savior, stop right there and get a blue blue plastic bag uh, off the table next to the sound booth and take it home. It's got some literature for you there. And by the way, uh, just got my Because I'm Saved book uh, translated into Spanish, and so I'm going to be sending those to missionaries uh, for free, no cost to them. Uh, and that are pastoring and missionaries in Hispanic-speaking uh, countries. So I'm excited about that. So uh, be praying that God uses that. Um, Terry, would you mind dismissing us in a word of prayer on this fine Father's Day? Happy Father's Day to you, my friend. Thank you. I'll do thank it. you. Let's pray, you. Together, pray together, everyone. Heavenly Father, thank
0: you that we have the privilege to call you Father.
1: We bow before you today just thanking you the privilege of being in your house, the privilege of worshiping you, Lord. And as we leave this place today and go into our world, may we represent you well, for we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. 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 May God bless you real well. Have a great Father's Day.